what, seven, seven years from being a size 22, 24 to, to competing at, at that level. Welcome to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. Join your host, Mark Slight, as he gets the best information, inspiration, help, and advice from the world's best athletes, performance coaches, and health experts so that you can look, move, and feel your best at 40 and beyond. Remember, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Mark Slight. Hello and welcome to episode number eight of the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. We had a little bit of a break this week and we dipped in an episode number seven with coach Sharon Morrow as she was telling us all about her recent London Marathon exploits. But today for episode number eight, we're dropping back in with the awesome Zoe Thompson who's going to continue with her story of how she transitioned from being six stone overweight to competing in world's strongest women events. So if you can cast your mind back now to episode number six, Zoe has taken us through the beginning of her journey. She's lost six stone, she's quit smoking, she's done it all with ridiculous calorie restrictions and endless amounts of cardio. And just towards the end of the episode, just before I cut her off there, we was getting to the point where she just transitioned up into the weights room in the gym. A little bit of a word from a local PT. And that's exactly where we're going to pick it back up now because the shift that happens now is mainly mental. There's a couple of key moments here where Zoe says how she changed from thinking about losing pounds and lifting more. And and the difference between changing from hearing weight as in pounds and to hearing it in kilograms, how that really made a difference and how she no longer knows exactly how much she weighs in pounds. It had just been ingrained for years in her head. Now it's started to change and she's a much healthier person mentally for it. When I finished chatting to Zoe, please stay on because I've got an amazing offer for you. I'm not going to use this podcast to, to sell products or push products or advertise, but I have an awesome offer coming your way in a couple of weeks and I really want to share it because I don't want you to miss it. So please stay behind after me and Zoe have finished our chat just for a couple of minutes and listen to that. I promise you won't regret it. So here we go. Let's get back into it. Episode number eight with Zoe Thompson from Phoenix Life Coaching. Hey, welcome back, Zoe. Thank you. Right, so where we were last time, we'd just we'd lost the weight. We'd we'd yeah. started to move from downstairs in the gym with all the cardio machines. We'd just taken the step upstairs to the weights room on advice yeah. from the trainer. Now this is where it gets really interesting. This is where I, I think a really big shift happens, and it's a shift that I think all ladies could benefit from. Um, but there's there's issues I think in a in a lady's head with weight training. Um, and there's, there's thoughts as to what weight training is and what it's going to do to them. Um, but it's, it's not that case. Weight training is essential for building lean muscle to helping you lose weight. And as you said in the last, the last episode, to keep that weight off and allowing you to yeah. eat calories again, rather than sticking to a 600 calorie juice diet. Yeah. So you stepped upstairs into the weight room. Take us from there. So I went into the weights room and I, I started off with, um, just a, a very generic plan of different different workouts on on different days. Um, just focusing on learning those techniques, um, and just over over a gradual period of time, just increasing the reps and increasing the weights on on different days. Um, then the opportunity came up. So it was probably just under probably about nine months after I started 
um, just picking up a few weights. So the opportunity came up to do some more structured sessions with, with the, this trainer. Um, so I started to have some PT lessons with him and started to learn you know, the more kind of compound deadlifts, de more compound lifts, deadlifts, squats, overhead, and really just starting to push myself just that little bit harder. Um, I think it's that difference, isn't it, of when you're pushing yourself in the gym or you think you're, you're pushing yourself in the gym and then somebody else, a coach, stands with you and can see that potential and just pushes you that little bit harder. Um, yep. And that was great for me because you don't you don't know what you're capable of until somebody gives you that little bit push and, and certainly with technique and things like that. So um, really started to change things up for me in that the focus then became from weight and aesthetics and how I looked and how I felt the change of focus became very much more about okay what am I what am I lifting and what am, what am I physically able to achieve um, and that 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 kind of then obviously kept kept going but I think that mindset change of you know this isn't what my body looks like it's what my body is now able to do um, which which is a great positive um, great positive way to be when you when you kind of walk into the gym of right, what am I going to get done today rather than how big a difference is this going to make to how my arms look or how flat my stomach is going to be yeah you're obviously getting stronger physically but you, you start to become empowered and, and stronger as a person as well don't you yeah yeah I, it was a huge change for me in that every time kind of Put, got pushed out of my comfort zone in the gym it was giving me confidence outside of the gym to push myself that little bit further as well um, and I don't think I'm the only one who has has experienced that and I think when you when you know that you can push yourself physically and you can push yourself through those physical barriers you can almost take it outside into work of well if I can if I can be uncomfortable in that environment then I can I can push myself and be uncomfortable in this environment and you become I think you become more aware of setting goals and working towards goals and I think the two started to come hand in hand for me that definitely there was that time period of as things as I was getting more confident and stronger physically in the gym there was definitely alongside that I was getting more confident um, and definitely more empowered and outside of the gym as well yeah we won't get into it too much today but it's starting to change change your mind isn't it change your mindset change your approach to everything in life um yeah. and the food relationship that we talked about in the previous episode that that is still there when you're lifting weights but it changes slightly doesn't it because instead of losing instead of dropping calories to lose weight you want mm. to now lift heavier weights which means an increase in calories i imagine yeah. that shift from reducing calories and being in a deficit to actually suddenly being um to maintaining or even gaining some extra calories yeah. really tough to do it that it was a really difficult decision to make and i talked about it with the trainer for quite a long time before we both felt that i was ready to do that and i think there if when you've lost weight there's always that fear there of you're going to regain regain that weight back. So for me, having conversations with him about increasing my calorie to five to ten percent over what my maintenance was, um, were some they were some very interesting conversations because certainly I gave him a very clear no the first time he mentioned it. Um, 
but I think you have to, it's that trust relationship, isn't it? Of what somebody's telling you and knowing that, that you understand what it is they're telling you. Um, and the trust that if it doesn't go to plan that you can, you can bring it back in quite quickly and, and address that. So yeah, eventually we made that decision. Um, I think I started off at 5%, I think for a week and then the 10%, but just noticing my energy levels starting to increase and just being able to push so much harder in the gym was enough to, and not seeing big changes in on the scales as well was enough for me to kind of just keep, keep going with it. Yeah. And one of the, one of the interesting things we talked about last time, um, well, we didn't really talk about it. It's just so you said enough picked up on you. You were so focused for a long time on pounds on the scale. And it, yeah. was, it was pounds. I must lose a pound. Yeah. I must lose two pounds. Then suddenly you go in the gym and the yeah. weight's all in kilograms. Yeah. Again, plays with your mind. It's, it's the tiniest, tiniest change, but makes a big difference. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so how did that change for you? What, what was the shift in your head when you switched over to kilograms? Um, so I'd, I, I think initially, the, the initial change in, in weighing from pounds to kilograms was when I was working with this trainer, um, and I would weigh in with him and we would talk through, um, instead of talking through the scale weight, we would talk through reduction in body fat percentage, increase in lean muscle mass. So a lot more scientific than Monday morning stepping on the scales, have I lost a pound this week? Which you, it, you start thinking more about, you, you're thinking more about, again, the body, what the body can do rather than what the body looks like. Um, so when you're so that really did start to change in that the focus was reducing my body fat bringing increasing my lean muscle and then increasing my strength rather than what do I weigh at seven o'clock on a Monday morning um, and I think as time has gone on um, I think I said to you, you know I'm not sure if I said to you before but I haven't weighed in stones and pounds since then I always now weigh in in kilograms and I could tell you what I weigh in kilograms um but I couldn't tell you what that trans translates to in into stones and pounds because the thought of what that might be in stones and pounds and the fact that that would be a lot more than my lowest body weight I, I just don't want to I don't want to know and I don't need to know and so it's it's a lot healthier for me to think about it in kilograms and also when you're lifting um, especially when you go into the comp for competitions and things like that, it's nice to know what you're lifting. They, I mean, they call it pound for pound weight to body weight, but that's uh, that's because it's the American pounds. But for us, knowing that you're lifting one and a half times your body weight, two times your body weight, that's that's an incredible statement to make, um, rather than what you weigh when you stand on the scales. Yeah, yeah, it comes back to being empowering and, and feeling confident again. Yeah, definitely. Just before we get to what you're what you're lifting, um, you were saying there about changing how you think about your body when you walk in the gym. You you know it's more about what your body can do rather than reducing the size of it. Yeah. This, this comes in with your nutrition as well because instead of looking at just calories calories in calories out, you're starting all yeah. your, your body for for workouts. You're starting to look at if we get really technical nutrient timing and, and this kind of thing, you will probably look at a lot yeah. more multivitamins, uh, multivitamins, micronutrients, things like that. Um, because you, you start to notice the small changes make, make big differences. Yeah. You, um, I, mean, I think the journey for me was going from food is 
food is related to emotions so comfort eating or I'm depressed so this is my cheer up food or I'm happy so this is my celebration food so that's you kind of label food that way initially then I went to food is fuel um, certainly when I went from the cardio to the kind of first started weights training it was food as fuel and then when I really started to take notice of it it wasn't just food as fuel food is premium fuel or you know and food the amount of fuel I need for the journey that my body is doing today and how much fuel do I need and do I need protein and carbs or do you because I'm training do you know am I going to be more protein and fats today because it's a rest day and I want to fill up all the stores and you just and you start looking at um carb cycling you start looking at um fasting and you start trying different ways of eating and taking in these fuels that work differently for different people to try and find what works best for you yep and then that becomes more more relevant as as you start to compete and you start to get a bit more serious so how how did you then transition from from just doing some weights and doing a few more sessions with your pt to then competing how did that come about um purely by accident really um i so the the pt had a group of people that we would quite often do classes together or train together uh somebody who i was training with uh, said that there was an open day for women at a local gym to look at strongman um, as a sport. It wasn't something, I, mean, I watched it as a kid at Christmas on TV, but it wasn't something that I'd ever followed. I didn't know anybody who did the sport, but um, she wanted to go down, so I said I would go down with her. Um, we played with different equipment during the day, and but the last thing that we did was put a harness on and pull a car down the road, and that kind of sealed the deal for me because I thought, you know what, this is, it's training, but it's fun. Um, it's definitely not running for half an hour on a treadmill, but you're working everything. And what's more awesome than putting a harness on and being able to pull a, pull a car or a truck? So for me, that was, that was a, it, I thought, actually, do you know what? I, I don't know a huge amount of sport, but it's definitely something I want to find out more about. And as we were leaving, the gym owner said that they were going to put a women's comp on for the first time later on that year. Um, they were trying to persuade the group of us that had gone down to sign up. Um, so I signed up and said, well, that'd be good, good for a laugh. And, and it, that's kind of where, that's where the first competition started. Um, and then it just snowballed quite quickly after that. Yeah. It, you say it snowballed quite quickly. It snowballed to, to quite a good level as well, didn't it? I mean, don't be too, don't be too modest. Uh, t- tell us how far it <laughs> Well, the, so the, the, short, the short answer is I did my first competition in November 2015 um, and I was competing at Europe's in December 2016. So within, it was within a 12-month period pretty much of my first amateur comp um, through to competing at, at Europe's Strongest Woman. So, um, yeah, I... It, it was like that literally um i just you know you, you you look at what the competition is you there's always five events for strong for strong man there's always five events so you look at the five events you train for the, for, for those five events you go and compete and if you're within a certain number of places then you qualify kind of for the next level 
and then you get another five events and you train for those and and so on and so on and and I just you know I, I every time I had those five events they feared filled me with complete dread because they were too heavy and they were way off what I was able to do but I would have eight to 12 weeks each time to just kind of go in and give it everything in training sessions and see what happens and I you know it just it paid off the hard the hard work and god lord knows the you know the amount of blood sweat and tears and bruising and all the rest of it they they paid off and it was it was a really intense 12 months um but and it was not something I ever planned for either I'm still working full-time I'm still a single parent and and but it you know I just kept qualifying and it's like right okay so now I've got these five events right and I just took each competition as they came and each event as they came and yeah so within you know the so the first year I'm pulling a car down down the road with a harness on within 12 months I was lifting the car up and putting it putting it down again in front of Magnus V Magnuson who's um, you know, one of the most famous world strongman yeah, it was an, an incredible 12 months. Incredible. There's um, some change when, when you think back to how, how, how many years was it since you, was, you started to lose the weight, since you first started that journey to, to get into the, where you are now until your last strongman comp? Well, two, two, so 2009 was when, um, so that was at the age of 30. So 2009, at the age of 30, started to lose the weight. Um, and then I came home with my first trophy from an amateur competition at, I think, a grand old age of 36. Um, but then 2016, so what, seven, seven years from being a size 22, 24 to, to competing at, at that level. So what a change that is, eh? From, yeah. from six stone overweight and smoking to, to going and, and winning competitions and getting prizes from competitions. Yeah. I mean, could, could you ever, do you ever sit back and just just think about that and think, wow, that you know, six years ago, seven years ago, this was me sitting in front of the TV with a takeaway to to where you are now? It must you must feel like pinching yourself sometimes. It, it seems well, it's just it's really strange, isn't it? When 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 you hear other people talking about it, or you know, you hear other people asking asking you questions, it seems really strange looking back on it. I think at the time, you know, it was just one everything has always been just one step at a time. So whether it was just get down to the next stone or just get, you know, the next kind of goal, just keep working towards that. And then even with the competitions, it was like, right, forget about what happens after this one, forget about qualifying or whether you qualify, just focus on these five events, just train for this. And then we'll worry about the next bit afterwards. So I don't think I ever looked forward I don't think when I sat down with that you know with that Cambridge counsellor on the first day of right I want to lose weight I you know I don't think I ever really looked forward that far it was more just a case of I just want to be smaller than I am now and I want to be healthier um, and then it's just kept going and I think with with a lot of things isn't it you achieve one goal and you're already thinking about what's what's next yeah. um, and what what you're going to be looking forward to so and it's still the it's still the same now to an extent, but I think yeah, when you when you when you stand at the end of it and you look back, it's uh, yeah, it's madness. Uh, I'm not. I'm really yeah. It's just it's the same. There must be 
tens of thousands of ladies and, and men as well, obviously, that are currently in the position where you were in 2009, sitting on the sofa, eating takeaways, not looking after themselves. What is the, the one piece, if you could give that person one piece of advice while they're sitting on the sofa, I'll give you a say, I'll keep talking while you think about it. Uh, yeah. They're sitting on the sofa, you know, people are bringing them takeaways. They're not going out. They're too tired to exercise. They've got no energy. They, you know, they're just starting every day anew and it's just the same day, the same day every time. Yeah. What advice can you give them? I'll give you a few seconds there. Come on. Yeah, you did. You did give me a, you brought me a few seconds. I, I think it's, it's I, I don't think it's that I can't give advice. I think it's more just about what would be the most critical thing. And I, so I'm going to go with the 1%. Um, it's something that came up with the Sky cycling team, the GB Sky cycling team, uh, where their coach talked about changing the 1%. Of if you can change 1% of everything, actually that, that can change a huge amount. Um, for people who are in that situation, I think a lot of people think they have to do something extreme or they have to do a huge amount of change. But, it, but I don't think it is. I think it's just changed that 1%. If you normally, you know, for that first week, just drink more water. For week two, instead, you know, if you are still, you know, if you order a takeaway pizza, instead of eating 12 slices, eat 10 slices. You know, it's just gradually changing those behaviours that will take you towards that goal. I, I find with most people, anything that is too extreme, they can manage for a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks if they've got a good support network, but then they drop off. Um, whereas the people who just make those small changes, um, I guess the question is, if you could change one thing today that would have the most significant impact, what would it be? And then just keep changing but just keep it really, really small. The 1% um, works for, for a lot, for a lot of people. Um, but I think any, anything more than that, trying to make big changes, is it just ends up in, in either people falling off the wagon and never getting back on it because it was too hard, um, or just that constant cycle of uh, extreme dieting, binging, uh, you know, and it and it all gets it all gets really messy, and it's really not it's really not a healthy way to be. It's not, and I know we started this conversation with saying, you know, how you lost six stone on the Cambridge diet, which was an extreme way of doing it. But there's a lot of we you you know as a coach now that the way to do it is, is exactly as you just said, small changes on a daily basis, be consistent, yeah. and it takes time. Yeah, it to, does. To lose the way you cut. I know we've, again, we started by saying you've lost this in six months, but that's not the way to do it. Most people have no. not got that commitment level. Most people would never drink shakes for six months. Um, and it takes small changes. But the hard thing is when you're sitting on the couch now and you are feeling a bit like a fat slob, yeah. you don't want to think, oh, it's going to take me two and a half years to change. I'm only going to lose a pound a week because you see the transformations on social media and, you know, people are losing 20 pounds a week and two stone a month. And, and you want that. And it's just, natural that people are going to want that and they also want it easy because going from sofa to strongman is is huge and it's yeah. it's too much of a jump if you sit there now and think in six years time i'm going to do this or i'm going to do that you, you can't look that far ahead it just has to be one step at a time one meter at a time one one mile at a time and, and just take it in progressive steps but it's very hard when you sit on the sofa to to think yeah. about that. i think the other side the other the other thing I think is really important is that it's not, the happiness doesn't come at the end goal. 
if, if you if you make the right changes and you find foods that you enjoy and you find activities that you enjoy the journey is just as much fun and can bring you just as much happiness as when you hit that goal weight or you hit that goal uh, lift in the gym and I think lots of people think when they're looking ahead that 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 level of happiness or content is going to come when they reach their goal whereas actually if you make the right decisions you can really enjoy the journey um, you know, mine, mine was six months. I, there's no way I could have kept it for any longer than that because I hated every minute of it. I think in, if, if you tell me now that actually if it, if it would have taken two years, but you would have enjoyed the process, you would be healthy now. Um, you wouldn't have, you know, you wouldn't have had to go through all those, those, um, challenges that you went through. Yeah, I would, I would do that. Um, but I think, you know, there's, changed by the one percent yes it might take two years but that doesn't mean that your happiness um and being healthier and more active and being able to do things that you can't do now don't have to wait for two years that will that could come in six months depending on what it is you want to do yeah absolutely well thank you very much zoe to have someone on who's actually been there and done it and and come out the other side not just not just with the weight loss, but with such amazing achievement as well is great. And I know everyone is going to get an abundance of, of help and information from that. And there, hopefully people are going to actually go away and, and take some of that information with them and, and start their own transformation as well. Brilliant. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, wow. I love that. And like I said to you at the start of episode six, the, the minute Zoe told me her full story, I knew I had to get it on the podcast. Um, if you've ever thought about starting your own transformation, there's nothing more inspiring than this one. From from where Zoe has come from to where she is now, it's a completely different person, a completely different life and lifestyle, and it's a fantastic inspiration for us all. So talking about transformations, maybe you are listening to this, maybe you are starting to get a little bit inspired now with these stories that are coming through, and you do think about starting your own transformation. Well, Coming up in a few weeks is an anniversary of my business and to coincide with that, I'm going to launch a new program. Now, that can sound pretty boring in itself, just a new program, yeah, another new program, another coach, another program, I get that, but I have become so frustrated with all the different nutrition protocols, you must do this, you must do that, you can't eat carbs, you must do cardio, you must do weights, everyone's telling a different story, trying to put a different spin on health and fitness, okay? And it's getting a little tedious. It's getting tedious for me to listen to. So who knows what it's like for you guys listening in. You'll hear one thing one week. you hear something the next week. Is it right? Isn't it right? Is fat good for you? Is fat bad for you? What I've decided to do is literally put everything I know into an online program. And that is covering every aspect of health, fitness, and weight loss in one hub, and which is sensible information that you can all take away and get the best results from it. And not only that, to coincide with the anniversary of my business, I want to offer it for one day only a fantastic, well, I say fantastic, a ridiculous low price for you. So I'm going to offer it out in a couple of weeks for 80% off. That is going to be less than the price of a daily newspaper for a 12-week program. And when I say this is the most comprehensive program online and in the world i truly mean it there is absolutely every bit of information you can need within this program we're looking at nutrition we're looking at exercise at home exercise videos we're looking at over 200 recipes mental strength training 
meditation programs, mind shift video series, expert coaches coming into the program as well. Absolutely everything you need is in there. We're even going to touch on environment, on lifestyle, on habitual coaching. Everything you need to live a healthy life and to lose weight will be in this one hub and for less than the price of a daily newspaper. I'm going to stick a link in the show notes. Please head over there now just so that you can be notified first of all when this 24-hour flash sale happens because it will only happen once. After that, it's going to go back up to full price, which I might say is still ridiculously cheap, but 80% off, less than the price of a daily newspaper. You really cannot afford to miss this. Thanks again for joining me and Zoe as Zoe's shared her experience here and her story. Coming up in the next two episodes, I've got an old friend of mine who used to be my GB hockey coach. And not only is this an invaluable chat with great information, it's also two friends catching up that have not talked for two years. So it's a great, great episode. There's some good fun in this one as well. I think you can really see the difference there where two people have known each other for such a long time. It really comes out in the podcast. Thanks again for listening, guys. If you've got time, please head over to iTunes. Please subscribe, leave a review and rate the podcast. It really does help. Other than that, guys, I'll speak to you again in a few days. Take care, be happy, and live an awesome life.